It's time for the Counterclockwise Podcast from the Incomparable Game Show, recorded in July 2015. It's Counterclockwise, where four people talk about four nerdy topics for about 42 minutes. Welcome back to Counterclockwise, a game show with too much time on its hands. I'm your co-host, Jason Snell, and across the internet from me, my Counterclockwise co-host, Dan Warren. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. We're, we're counter-hosts. We are, count- we're, think, we're counterparts, Dan. Counterparts. Counter- oh, yeah. Ooh, I see what you did there. That's some wordplay. So Dan and I uh, <laughs> do a uh, podcast weekly called Clockwise, where we talk about technology topics. This is the an- anti-version, opposite anti- version. Anti-counterclockwise. The, the anti-matter version of that, where we talk about one nerdy topic yes. uh, explodes in, with four different in. angles. So that makes there it a square. There are no angles on a clock. <laughs> Sorry. Well, a square has four of the same angles. Goodbye, Jason. everybody. No. Uh, so we've got two. But we. One of the things that's in common with the regular clockwise, we have two guests join us, and we do have four topics. Our topic this time is Game of Thrones, and joining us two wonderful guests. Uh, to my right is Monty Ashley. Hi, Monty. Hi, Jason. Good. Uh, we we talked a lot about uh, Game of Thrones on the TV podcast this year. Yes, I feel like we talked about it. On almost every episode. Yes, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. It was no. See, I was going to say it was pretty exhausting. Talking to you was not the exhausting part. <laughs> uh, staying up late on every Sunday night and doing that podcast that was a little tiring. But oh, was, that was late for you, huh? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, our heart bleeds for you over in the East. <laughs> well, I did. Ha- I did have to edit it and post it and, and stuff. But, and yeah. speaking that that voice you heard, the other host of the TV Game of Thrones recap episodes, Mr. Brian Hamilton. Hi, Brian. Night gathers and now the podcast begins. How's it going, guys? <laughs> You're nice. And now your watch is ended. No, no, that's the end. Oh, that's the end. That. Ruin Spoilers. It. Already. Already. All right. Nice so we're, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. I think this is going to mostly be about the TV show and not about the book series, although you never can tell. And so if you haven't seen all, all up to the end of the fifth season of Game of Thrones, you might not want to listen because we're going to give everything away. Um, and I will go first with my topic. <laughs> everything must go. Everything must go. Um, a it's a little looser. Giveaways. I love it. It's great. Um, so, so here it is. My topic is a spoiler for the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. Seriously, turn back now. I ask you all, is Jon Snow really dead? And if he isn't, how do you think he's going to come back? Monty, what do you think about Jon Snow? I am certain that he is dead. And 80% confident that he's just going to come back in four or five episodes as a result of Melisandre's, uh, voodoo magic. So you think it's going to be Melisandre's, uh... Uh, Melisandre at the watch, the red with the, with the light of Valor. Yeah, the, the 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 red god flame, flamey flame. Something is he going to be fully? Um, is he going to be fully Jon Snow, or is he going to be kind of uh, like zombie Jon Snow? I actually think he's going to have to be fully Jon Snow. Otherwise, what's the point of bringing him back? No uh, one wants a zombie king. Mm-mm. Well, mm-mm. speak for yourself. Well, except for the All zombies. Right. <laughs> Zombie King sounds awesome. At the wall to fight zombies, you must become a zombie. Maybe Ooh. that's it. Ooh. Uh, Dan, what do you think? He's dead. No, I. He's not coming back. <laughs> Thank this is the you. Most boring show ever. No, um, I. I suspect that we haven't seen the last one, despite the the uh, protestations to the contrary from the producers and Kit Harrington himself. They he tried thinks, really hard. Right? He thinks they doth protest too <laughs> much. Too hard nope, not coming back. Um, nope, nope, nope. Nothing to see here. Not coming back. Just taking a vacation to Northern Ireland next year. But no, nope, not yeah, on well, the show. So Just here's my the, friends. Here's the thing: is like you know George R. R. Martin. You know, sort of. I remember the first time a friend of mine in college recommended Game of 
Thrones to me, the book series. And I and he one of his selling points for it was, you know, those scenarios in fantasy books and adventure books where the hero gets into some sort of dire scrape and at the last minute they get out of it. Well, in these books, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, huh, OK, that sounds interesting. Uh, and, you know, obviously we've lost a lot of major characters in the past. So there is an eye, there is a feeling of, of nobody is sacred. But if anybody were to be sacred, I would say John is probably one of the few. Um, and because without him, you're, you're left with very few characters who are, let's say, good. <laughs> uh, and so and I don't mean that in a qualitative sense. I mean that in a behavioral sense. Uh, and so I, I think he's an interesting character. I also don't feel like his arc is done. Um, and, and in the same way that, you know, when we had the Red Wedding or when we had some of the other major deaths on the show, it felt like you could look back and be like, yeah, okay, those characters kind of served their purpose. They kind of had their character arc. But there's so much about Jon Snow that we haven't had, com- you know, explicitly confirmed, um, despite the fan theories <laughs> to the contrary. So I, I have to feel like you can't quite, you can't quite kill him off just yet but it will be interesting to see if they do bring him back and and my theory i agree with monty the melisandre seems the most likely theory um i was kind of hoping for some sort of uh you know like maybe this uh there's a like a and then the tardis appears and the doctor jumps out with Mm. Jon snow just to mix our metaphors but um, I think it's a Jon Snow from earlier. Yes. From forward the, in time. The previous Jon Snow. So I, I, I think what will be interesting will be, is he still going to be in control of the Night's Watch? Or are they going to have to kind of remove his body and he's like secretly back alive and, and working, you know, some other angle here? Because I kind of feel like if they just bring you back from the dead, the people who just killed you, A, might try to kill you again. <laughs> kill you again. Uh, and B... <laughs> aren't really likely to respect your authority in any sort of sense right now. So I, I feel like maybe his days as Lord Commander are over, but uh, maybe Jon Snow is will still be with us. I think they'll hold it. I think it'll be the last thing in the uh, in the first episode, because if they want to play it this coy, they're going to like string it out as long as possible. Huh. OK, Brian, what do you think about the disposition of Jon Snow? Well, I do want to refute something that Dan ha- uh, that Dan said about no, Jon being... Oh- <laughs> Oh, okay. Mm. Well, uh, I don't think he's the only, like, if there's any other character that was, um, how did you put it, uh, like, sacred or someone you couldn't actually kill off, I would have said that was Ned Stark in the first season, and then he's gone. And that sets up the tone for the entire show. I feel like, because Jon Snow is the only character in Game of Thrones that is not, like, explicitly royalty. He's Ned's bastard, sure, or maybe someone else's, who knows. But I feel like he is the only person that's not explicitly correct connected to the rest of the story, even in a tangential way, because Daenerys, even though she's geographically further away, is much more integral to the overall plot. So if there was someone to kill off, I don't feel like Jon was the like sacred person that you should not have killed off, and therefore that means he's coming back. I do think he is coming back, though, because everyone's crying for him. Uh, everyone wants him back, and Melisandre shows up. Why else would she show up? I don't know. Maybe she'll have something to do next season that has nothing to do with Stannis, because he's also dead. I... Oh, God, I like some other premium cable channel shows that we've talked about on The Incomparable before. I really wish that they would just kill off characters that like 
it feels like such a cheap cop out to kill someone and then bring them back immediately or bring them back after any amount of time. You're right. I don't think his arc has ended. I don't think his watch has ended, but I do believe that he was killed for a reason. I talked on the TV podcast about how abrupt and weird it felt at the end of the season and how this should have been something in episode nine. They should have seen the fallout. Maybe the fallout is that he comes back. I, I hope it isn't because it feels cheap. I don't think it's worth a year's worth of speculation and, you know, excitement about whether or not Jon Snow is gone to, I, I just don't think it's worth it to kill him off and then bring him back. And then that year is wasted in my eyes. I don't know. I think it, it it's infuriating to me that they would do that, but at least maybe the ramifications will be there. Maybe he'll have something to do, or the Night's Watch will have something to do that doesn't involve Jon Snow. I, I have no idea. I'm not into the speculation game for Game of Thrones, but what's upsetting to me is that they would do this cheap kill-off thing and then bring him back for the sake of some big plot twist. Who knows? I, I, I'm not a fan. I am... Um... So I think he is not really dead either. Although I will say, um, George R. R. Martin has killed people and has not killed people in the books who've been killed in the show. I think that it doesn't necessarily have to sync up. Um, there's one character in particular that, um, I won't spoil because it didn't happen in the books. Maybe they're intending for it. I think they're not intending for, to bring this character back, um, through a similar kind of plot device. Um, but I feel like, George R. R. Martin does not intend for Jon Snow to be dead because when he kills people in his books, they tend to be in the middle of the books. Um, so you can see the fallout, not right at the very end. And John is killed right at the very end of A Dance with Dragons. And I feel like that's, that's not his, that's not George R. R. Martin's style. The reason he's doing that is because he's going to rapidly, um, resolve this. Uh, in the next book and uh, take it in a different direction from what is obvious. I don't think he intended it just as this shocking ending to the book. Could be wrong, but that's my feeling. I think the producers may go in that same direction. So yeah, I agree with everything. You guys You guys really uh, were great with the analysis. Um, he's a character we like. He seems to have a story arc that's not been completed. It's unclear what else would happen at the wall if he didn't come back. If we're talking predictions though, I'm going to say I think it's going to not be in the first episode. I think it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. I think maybe Mel Alessander has to like get the body or something in the first episode. And I think when, uh, I think he's, so he'll come back later. I think when he comes back later, he won't be entirely, um, clear at least at the beginning um i saw some speculation that maybe he ha- his his hair turns white or something like that there's like a signifier that he's now a different person he's he's gandalf the the gray now or gandalf the white or whichever some color of gandalf he'll be so <laughs> what color is your gandalf by the way uh so i i, I don't know i think he's going to come back but i think it's going to be different i don't think he's going to be with the night's watch and i think that will be an interesting thing perhaps he ends up uh meeting up with uh with bran in the it, with the tree people uh, or something like that, but I don't think he's going to be at the wall. Um, Bran who? Oh, oh Bran. Bran. Remember Oat Bran? Bran? <laughs> season Bran. four. He 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 was a previous previous seasons <laughs> character who we haven't seen in a while, uh, but I do think he'll be back in in some form. So thank you everybody. Those were great answers. I'm gonna reward. Um, I'm gonna reward Dan three points and Monty two points and Brian one point. Although really, I wish I could just uh, award you all the same, but it's a game show, so I have to give you points. Yeah, Monty. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for being gracious because I gave you the fewest number of points. Monty, what is your topic? Uh, well, the TV show has basically caught up with the books. And as you just mentioned, some things have happened in the TV show that have not happened in the books. Because the people who have read the books have actually been pretty good on the whole of not telling show watchers what's going to happen. 
if another book doesn't come out before the next season, is it now the responsibility of people who watch the show to keep their mouths shut about shocking plot twists? Uh, I think I think it is. I think, you know, it seems only courteous, I guess, is my feeling on the matter. Uh, in the same way that the book uh, readers have have kept silent, I felt I feel like, you know, if it's going to diverge, then then, yeah, don't spoil it for other people. I always feel like that's a good practice. Uh, it, it remains to be seen, of course, just how much the plot lines will overlap, because while we believe that the showrunners know the ultimate goals of George R. R. Martin, that doesn't necessarily mean that they know a that they know everything that goes in between or B that they'll follow everything that they know if they do know anything. Um, so, you know, there may very well be things that happen in the show that never happen in the books. We've already seen that happen. Uh, and whether that's because those things simply haven't happened yet or happened off screen, we don't know. Um, but there, there is a point now where we're dealing with the fact that the realities of these two uh, franchises are kind of diverging, uh, the books versus the, the TV show. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I stick with my, my first point. I think that, you know, if you're going to consume this kind of thing, you got to realize that there are people who are reading the books and who are fans and may not want to watch the TV show until the books have caught up or what have you. So, yeah, don't, don't in the words of uh, Will Wheaton, don't be a dick. All right. Uh, Brian. Brian? Yes. yes. Hi. Brian. Uh, <laughs> the way I see it, uh, so when I started getting into Game of Thrones, I watched the entire run of the show with a friend of mine who had read all the books at the time. And watching him watch me was more fun in some ways than watching the show because he could watch every single thing happen uh, and I would react to it and it would be really really funny to uh put it mildly the way that you know i reacted to the red wedding or ned's death uh, all of those big plot twists and the things like that i can't imagine living in a world where there is someone higher than me in the game of thrones hierarchy because they read the books uh so on the one hand i feel like i don't deserve to know everything that's happened because i haven't read the books and if we are caught up and if the things that happen on the show are not going to be in the books i am a little concerned for the the fandom uh in in a way uh on the other hand i'm very glad that i can google things about game of thrones and research to my heart's content without uh getting horribly spoiled for the next season of game of thrones mm. because nobody knows what's going to happen um yeah there was one point where i was researching for the tv podcast and got something sp- i got john's death spoiled oh, uh in a very mild way and it was like it was something about and now his watches end in like oh come on so I, I don't have to worry about that anymore which makes me happy uh on the other hand i think it's bizarre that uh, you mentioned that there are people that read the books that will not watch the show until the next book comes out i can't possibly imagine that the, the people that would put up with a thousand word or a thousand page novels aren't going to watch an hour a week of a tv show that is equal if not greater in quality <laughs> to the uh the books wow. i tried reading the books i tried <laughs> reading the books everybody <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I. So the fact that the show is much more consumable than the books, and the fact that it's going to have all the new information that everybody wants if George R. R. Martin doesn't get the book out in time, I think that the show is going to prevail as the canonical Game of Thrones uh, property. All right. Uh, I I feel like everybody has been very responsible about uh, about 
this responsibility that we have as TV show viewers to not ruin it for people who would rather just rule, uh, read the books. So, and I, I, I tend to agree with that. So I, um, but I don't want it to be boring. So I'm going to say, no, I think people who watch the TV show should, uh, find, actually seek out people who only read the books and give them detailed synopses <laughs> of what happened the night before. Because one, because it's fun and they'll be, they'll be angry. And two, I think the show and the books are going to diverge, um, in some dramatic ways. I don't think that the overall, like, uh, story arc can change too much, uh, because it's what I think they're going to try to be faithful to what George R. R. Martin has told them is sort of like the overarching, uh, where the show is going and where, where the series is ending. Uh, but I think a lot of the details are going to be completely different. And, you know, you're going to say to them, Oh, well, did you see how they brought Jon Snow back to life? Aha, I wonder uh, if that's going to be in your precious paper books. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say something like, what about Lady Stoneheart? And you're going to say, um, uh, who's that? And then they're going to tell you and you're going to say, no, 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 that's not possible. That character hasn't been brought back from the dead. And they're going to they're going to laugh at you. So I'd love to see um, they're going to be fist fights is what I'm saying. So I, I encourage that. I encourage everybody spoil everybody else now that we're all on even footing. And defend the indefensible <laughs> approach here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's just for for fun. How's that, well, Monty? Well, my take is that it would be nice if all the show watchers t- took an oath to completely change their behavior, but it's just not going to happen because everybody tweets about everything they see on television every second. So if something crazy happens next season, Twitter is going to be full of people saying, OMG, Khaleesi died? <laughs> and there's no way to change that. So uh, if you read books, I think you're in trouble because that's probably not going to happen. But something crazy is going to happen. Something crazy always happens. And the show people have never learned to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. So bad news for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like tweeting about spoilers on Netflix series. You can't tell where people are yeah. in the story. Yeah. All right. I will award Dan three points. Brian, two points. And Jason, I feel like your heart was not really in that answer, so you get one miserable point. <laughs> that's fine. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. All right. Uh, Go ahead, Dan. T- topic three. Topic three. So my question, I sort of alluded to this earlier when I said that, you know, John remains one of the few good, uh, in quotes, if you want, let's, let's talk alignment. Lawful good. I don't know if he's lawful good, but he's he's a, he's in that that area. Um, one of the few good characters left on the show. So my question for you guys is: if if he is dead, I mean, and, and he may not be, as we allude to, but if he is, like, who are you guys rooting for? Like, is there is there a clear front runner here? Who do you who are you guys following? Who do you want to succeed and perhaps even win at this game of Thrones, Brian? All right. Uh, some men just want to watch the world burn. I want to watch Westeros burn. I it, <laughs> it hasn't after watch. <laughs> Winter is coming, <laughs> and so is bad time for burning. <laughs> so, when Ned died in the first season, and when Rob died in the third season, I, I lost all hope for Westeros, except for maybe Khaleesi and her. I'm not even rooting for her. I wanted the Starks to win, and there's no way that they're going to win at this point. So I, the best, next best person is Khaleesi, but I still don't think Khaleesi is going to be, she is going to be the best, but she's far from my favorite. If there was someone to root for, as long as we're talking about bringing people back from the dead, I want Ned back from the dead to run Westeros <laughs> as a white walker. Uh, so rooting right now for Khaleesi, uh, but the dark horse is Ned Stark as a white walker. 
Headless Ned. Wow. Headless I Ned. did not see that coming. Interesting. Uh, I think, and I know this is this is uh, people talking doom and gloom about this show. I think there are a lot of people to root for. Um, for first off, we've already um, talked about sort of rooting for Jon Snow to come back from the dead because that's a that everybody loves a comeback story. Now that is a comeback. <laughs> Don't story. call it a comeback, Jason. But but I think uh, you know I think the 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 dream duo of Tyrion and Daenerys that's an all star matchup. I think that uh, with uh, her experience that she's gained and then uh, Tyrion showing uh, his skill. Uh, uh, during his period where he was running things at King's Landing, um, I think that I think they are still a pair to root for. Um, I I can root for the Tyrells. I really enjoy Marjorie and Alana Tyrell. They are fun and they have a plan. Um, I'm not saying they're good, but they're you know they're playing the game and and they don't seem like horribly evil either. They're just playing the game. Um, I like uh, I like Doran Martell. He seems like a reasonable fellow, but I think he's in deep trouble because of the Sand Snakes and his sister and all of that. I think that's not or or his his brother whatever she was wife con- consort i don't know anyway but he seemed nice because he was like this is all i'm going to use logic and reason to rule uh dorn and uh he's probably doomed as a result and you know the stark kids let's not forget sansa and Arya and bran they're out there i think we've already <laughs> forgotten bran but remember and him he's rickon. out there rickon. yeah rickon for rickon life. <laughs> i'm not rooting for rickon um Aww. but uh and hodor we'll throw hodor in there too because why can't you root for hodor so I think there's plenty of people to root for in the show. Um, and, uh, you know, and so I've got, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with all these groups of people. And I think some of them, maybe even like two or three might not die. <laughs> uh, I am not rooting for anyone to take the throne because I realized this. I don't care who's got the divine right of kings. I don't care who's got the correct bloodline. Oh, yeah. I was not raised to care that deeply about the monarchy. So if John happens to be the lineal descendant of the right guy, that still doesn't mean he should be king. He doesn't seem actually like somebody I think ought to be ruling a country. In fact, none of these people seem like they'd be all that good for the country in any way you don't think i i feel like between daenerys and Tyrion, you've got kind of an interesting balance there of of sort of some some reason and that she's like got the right principles although she's got some problematic uh implementations of it but you throw Tyrion in the mix as somebody who can uh apply some logic to in some savvy um you don't think that they might not actually be a pretty good uh duo at managing a country if they are i think it'll be by accident because i have no idea <laughs> I have no idea what Daenerys wants to do with the country. She just wants, she just wants to, to rule the country because she feels it is her birthright. And Tyrion has even less motivation. Like, he he was happy to drink himself to death. And but now he's like, well, all right, let's rule something, whatever. <laughs> Isn't that who you want in charge of your country? People who kind of don't really want to do anything particular with it instead of like a power mad king? I don't know. Well, I feel like there are reforms that could be made in mm. westeros so you're rooting for this the high sparrow then is what you're saying no i think he's one of the things that needs to be reformed out of existence <laughs> i don't think you need religious fanatics going around imprisoning people for breaking their own set of laws so at this point i'm just rooting for entertaining minor characters like Bronn to somehow survive if Bron and lady olena can survive and maybe have fun and they find they find bran yeah. Then you can find Bron the difference Bran. between Bran, Bran and Braun, yeah. Right. And uh, Braun and Hodor can pair off. That'll be fun. <laughs> sure. Actually, I would watch that show. Um, 
Well, yeah, so personally, I, I think none of you quite hit upon the winning combination in my <laughs> mind, which is which is Tyrion and Varys, clearly. Uh, the sure. Golden envelope. Mm, the garden, you got, you got golden halfway envelope. there. Yeah. Halfway there. Um, they're they're just delightful. They're just delightful. I like mm. I, and you know if you could throw Bron in there, I think I think Monty's right. Bron is a Bron's. A, I, I like to see. Let's get them I all like, in boats too. Can they just yeah. take trips in boats? Various places. Game of boats. Yeah, I would just two guys in a boat, basically a all three the time. hour tour. Yep. <laughs> I, again, I would watch that show. I don't think Hodor fits in a boat, but other than that, <laughs> he, he is a boat. Yeah, <laughs> he can be the boat, like in uh, that one scene in The Incredibles. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna award um, uh, three points to to Monty for his nihilist point of view. <laughs> just, I just hope people live. I don't care. Uh, two points to Jason for the time honored uh, classic strategy of just listing as many listing everything as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I this is a classic. Is gonna say this. And, and one point for Brian because I'm, I'm afraid he will be sadly disappointed when his out of left field <laughs> theory does not come to pass. I don't think Ned Stark is coming back. Head I'm sorry, man. man. I hate to be the one to break it to you. Oh, of course he's not coming back, but we can hope. We can hope. Wow. If uh, death doesn't count, sad. then everyone's up for grabs. Let's <laughs> sure. bring the Mad King back. Uh, we can over. bring George W. Bush's head back. Call Drogo. <laughs> Carl Drogo, he's coming back, oh, man. Car- he's coming Carl, back. I, I still refer to him as Carl. <laughs> Carl Drogo, Drogo Carl yes. Drogo. <laughs> yeah, attorney at law, Carl Drogo. Uh, yes, thanks, thanks, thanks for all your thoughts on that. I, it's given me a lot to chew over. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> all right, it's my turn. Yes. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, this is the first year of Game of Thrones. I was not able to binge all of the rest of the episodes prior to this. I usually do a rewatch before each season. We, it, it's gotten too big. It's gotten, what, we're 50 episodes in. We can't rewatch things anymore. So in the first four seasons or the fifth, if something is that memorable to you, I wanted to ask whose death has been the most memorable to you over the entire run of the show. Um, we've talked about all the gruesome, really disgusting stuff Game of Thrones has done. What has stuck out the most to you? This is indeed a golden envelope question. <laughs> okay, well, you can hear uh, my envelope. Um, if you match the answer, you get, uh, I don't you know, can, my respect. Three, you can get the third, the three, you can get three full points for that. All that right. person. Um, I, I, uh, and I'm going to give you a, uh, a game show answer, which is the obvious one is Ned Stark, which is why I'm not going to choose it, but I listed it there <laughs> just to get it in. Um, but I, I would say, um, I, my favorite death, my, the most memorable death for me is Oberyn Martell's death. It is a great scene where he's, he's battling the, uh, the mountain and it is these two warriors that have sort of different fighting styles going at it and he defeats the mountain essentially but oh his pride his pride gets the best of him and in the last moment (laughs) he snatches defeat from the jaws of victory and is horribly killed by the dying mountain and um and the the reaction shots and all the kind of like political implications of this because he's he's representing Tyrion and what's going to happen to Tyrion so it's like there there's so many different layers of relevance happening while this battle is going on in the middle of King's Landing. Um, it's a, it was a great fight, a great scene, and a most memorable death. So that's my choice. Hmm, I like it. Monty, you're up. My choice is a character who everybody wanted to die and then died in a way I've never seen anywhere else in an incredibly flashy fashion. Do you remember Viserys, Daenerys's idiot brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how he finally got his crown of gold when Carl Drogo poured molten gold over his head. Oh, that Carl Drogo. He was screaming, <laughs> and then he stopped screaming, and then his body slowly toppled over, and there was that 
metallic clunk as it hit the ground. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. Viserys Targaryen. What that, a dope. Uh, yeah, that one was pretty hardcore. Um, I it think... Out, hard outer shell, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was the... Yeah, crunchy on the inside, though. Crunchy on the outside, chewy on the inside. Uh, that's the Viserys Targaryen <laughs> memoir. Um, most memorable death. Wow, there's a, there's a lot. And Jason took mine, which was going to be Oprah and Martell, because that was definitely definitely a memorable death. But I'm going to pick the character that we all love to hate, and the, the man who, if anybody got their just desserts on this show... It was Joffrey Baratheon choking to death at his own wedding uh, on some poisoned wine of some sort. You know, just like the camera lingers as we watch him slowly fail to draw breath. And everyone, no one in the audience sheds a tear. Not a single person. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you watching this entire show shed a tear at the death of Joffrey Baratheon because that guy was a huge jerk. Um, so I, I would say that that, that has him, uh, you know, when, when I think back on the rosy memories of, of Game of Thrones deaths, and I don't feel like we get a lot of opportunity to be like, oh yeah, remember when they killed that guy? That was great. So I, I'm going to pick the man who deserved it, Joffrey Baratheon. All right, all right, all right. Uh, all great answers. None of you matched my golden envelope <laughs> question, which was, uh, Dancing Master Serial for oh, oh, that was my second one. Oh, I should have picked it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. Simply because when we couldn't figure out who that one guy was at the end of last season who Arya was stalking and everyone on Twitter got angry at us, he was the guy that killed Serial for l So that was the most memorable to many people, turns out. Shoot. Yeah, that's that so is close. a good one. That was a great <laughs> that was a great death. He was a great character. He didn't get a lot of screen time, but a really fantastic, memorable character. Agreed. Not at all, no. I would like to give Dan three points for his very impassioned answer. I would like to give uh, Jason two and Monty one. Well, we have our final results because this is, again, all about the points, the points oh, except it's really not. <laughs> Dan, the point is the points. Dan, you are a terrible host. You are our winner. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I may also be the best host. Dan That's swept forward. it. He got the max points in all three questions that he was asked. And uh, I, I'm very impressed. I would also like to point out that I didn't finish last for the first time in the history of Counterclockwise. <laughs> I, guess. I mean, unless you I was count next those episodes last. that had no points way, way back at the beginning. I finished last in those two, Dan. So before we go, I have a bonus question that I'd like to ask all of you, uh, which is it's very simple. I would like to know what's on the crest and what the slogan is of your imaginary house. Monty? Uh, my slogan would be, we never sleep, and it would be a bat. <laughs> I like it. Dan? Crossed a, a whip and a hat. The crest reads, top men. <laughs> nice. Brian? A t-shirt, and in the corners, alternating thimbles and spindles of uh, thread. And the uh, the phrase, we do not sew, S-E-W. Wow. And uh, for me, it would be a picture of a bullhorn. And the words are, that would be a good idea for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you missed the chance that your slogan should really be. <laughs> All right. That's why you're the winner. <laughs> All right. We've reached the end of counterclockwise number five for july 2015 monty ashley thank you so much for joining us to talk game of thrones a little bit more thank you jason 
I am completely out of words about Game of Thrones for another year. <laughs> yep, that's it. We're closing it up until January. And Brian Hamilton, thank you so much for being here and sharing your thoughts about Game of Thrones. Hashtag Zombie Ned 2016. We're making it happen. Headless Ned. You got to love Headless Ned. Headless Dan, Ned is a great nickname. I feel like we've learned a lot here, Dan. I feel like we've learned perhaps too much. Yeah, I wish I could unlearn some of these things. But until uh, until we're back in a month to talk about something else ridiculous, we just want to tell everybody out there, keep watching the clock. And watch what you say. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.